It's Tuesday. You know what that means. It's time for another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, joined by J.O. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Glad to be back. Yeah, you're gone for one week, but you did return. You're returning this week, and it's going to be a special episode here on the show because you get a little bit of an insight on our wrestling fandom here on this episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. Today's episode is going to be J.O. and I's top five favorite matches of all time. But before I get into that, I wanted to let you know next week's episode is going to be all about AEW Dynamite because this week it's the two-year anniversary show of AEW Dynamite. So we're going to go over our top our top moments from the show in its first two years in existence. It's crazy. Time has flown by. Two years of AEW Dynamite, and they're doing great stuff. Two years. That's I remember when I... There was just news where Cody Rhodes was getting, getting a bunch of his friends together and we're going to start their own wrestling promotion. I was like, oh, that could be cool. Like, that might be fun for a little bit. But little did we know that that little, air quote, since you guys can't see me, that little wrestling promotion would become what it is today. And you could honestly say it's changing the landscape of wrestling today. Oh, it certainly is. Certainly is. And, uh, and the funny thing is, like... We haven't really gotten to see, like, okay, so the sh- the company technically started on TV, like, what, last October or whatever. October, two Octobers ago. They've only had, like, they hadn't even had a full year of TV, really. What, with fans? Like, a full I... fan base there. They hadn't, they hadn't even had a full year of that uh, during their te- time on television, which is absolutely insane to think about because... They started in October of 2019. By March of 2020, they were it was pandemic mode, and they hadn't. And then up until what, double or nothing this year, they didn't have full. They didn't have a full audience, which is incredible. And they survived that, and were able to come out uh, bigger and better than ever. I say it just it just goes to show like the management and the passion of the people over there that they're, they fought super hard during that crazy hard time of COVID and everything to keep that promotion going. Mm-hmm. And they deserve all the success that they have right now. Yeah, for, for certain, for certain. Not going to waste any more time though, because we're going to get started here on the top five favorite matches of all time. So we're going to do five to one, of course. We're going to mention some honorable mentions if we have any at first. So, J.O., I know you had one at least, and uh, what was your honorable mention match? My honorable mention match was uh, Elimination Chamber 2018. I liked that match. See, so the reason I – what was hard was I had to find matches that I really liked throughout, and I had to cut off matches that I really liked but only because – one spot or two and elimination chamber 2018 was that match because while the entire match was good everyone in it was great the thing that i really liked about it the most was in the beginning when it was the miz seth rollins and finn balor and miz the comedic genius you know tried first tried to get seth to team up with him seth said no then he tried getting 
Finn to team up with him, and he threw up the two sweet. I just lost it when I first saw that. Oh my gosh, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't remember that match. What was it for the IC title, or what was it? I think it was for the Universal at the time, because it was a pretty star-studded match. It was, yeah, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, John Cena. Oh, that was that storyline where Cena was trying to get into the get into WrestleMania and end up facing Taker later on, right? Right. Yes. 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 And I also remember that because it was also I'm pretty sure it was around peak Monster Braun Strowman. They had this man kick out of everyone's finishers. Everyone pinned him, and he kicked out. And look uh, at him now. He's not even with the company. Not even with the company. Yep. <laughs> I was just about to say that. And, yeah, what that was one like? of my honorable mentions. Oh, it was Roman Reigns, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's when then Ren, then that was the Roman Brock match where everyone crapped on it at WrestleMania 34. We watched that together. We did, yeah. We did watch that together. That was uh, that was pretty rough. <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> rough. But uh I, I some of my honorable mentions um include Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe from TNA Genesis 2006. Um, Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes from AEW Double or Nothing 2019. You remember that match, J.O. We watched it together. That was that was some great very stuff. Very bloody match. A very yeah, bloody match. Dustin had the mood of scale going for that one for sure. Um, the two out of three falls match for the vacant NXT Championship. Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. Uh, NXT TakeOver New York from back in 2019. Uh, AJ Styles versus John Cena from Royal Rumble 2017. That was a WWE title match where John Cena won his 16th World Championship. Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 35. Uh, Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian. This one, that one just barely missed the list. I had, I changed my mind a couple of times on that. Uh, Dudley Boys versus Edge and Christian. TLC2 from WrestleMania X7. And uh also wanted to throw in there Sasha and Bailey from NXT Takeover Brooklyn in 2015. Mm. Match that really kicked off the women's uh revolution. Rev- revolution really, for sure. Um so like he's like J.O. was saying, it's very subjective. Like we're like J.O. was saying, we picked it based on our love. Yours could be totally different. This is totally subjective on our parts. Like this is completely subjective, and you like, and you got it's it's very it was very tough to narrow it down to five. Right, and I tried being. Some of the things I struggled with were recency bias. Uh, recency bias. It's easy to remember the ones that just happened this year, this month, and I also tried staying away from my favorite wrestler. Because if you had a, if you asked me again right now what some of my other honorable mentions are would be Brock Lesnar versus uh, Finn Balor Royal Rumble that'd be an honorable mention. Oh, that was a good uh, one, Finn yeah. Balor, say Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins SummerSlam. Uh, if that gives you a hint, who my favorite wrestler is? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's maybe it's uh, Brock Lesnar. Wait, no, it's Finn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which. Um, one of the reasons I was so close is I know people could call me crazy, but I, I believed Finn could have pulled off the win that night. I I believed he could have. Yeah, just but like I just know. it was more believable that he would win there and then against uh, 
Roman recently. I I would agree. The the the, the big turnbuckle debacle that happened. Oh man, let's not get into that. We could be talking. I'd be I could be talking for a while if we got into that. Yeah, we could. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty. And then the whatever the heck that was that he did the stupid wake up thing with the heartbeat. Did okay, you know? I thought that was kind of cool. I'm sorry. I I I hated that. I thought that was a ball of cheese, and I hated it. But let's not waste any more time. Jay, what's your number five? Number five. This may surprise you of a comment I said when I was going to make this list. Number five. Wrestle Kingdom 12. Will Ospreay versus Marty Scroll versus Hiromu Takahashi versus Kushida. That's right. Holy yeah. crap! I did. I did no idea that you were gonna have a Wrestle Kingdom match in there. Damn. First and I guess only Wrestle Kingdom match that I watched. But holy crap! That's. I mean, of course I knew what New Japan was, knew what they were all about. But when I saw that match, New Japan's first Fatal Four Way match ever. I saw what some of those guys were capable of, and I was blown away. I love a good spot fest, and some of the things those guys were doing, moonsaults on the top of the rope to guys outside. I'm pretty sure Will Ospreay caught, I want to say it was Kushida, who jumped off the turnbuckle, caught him midair into an armbar. You just don't see that stuff in WWE. It was insane. Wow. So wait, I I I can't. I, I'm speechless right now. So it was Takahashi, Osprey, Skrull, and who else? Uh, Hiromu Takahashi and or, or Kushida. I'm sorry. I didn't oh, know Kushida. 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 Oh. Kushida. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! I you surprised me. You surprised me. Yeah. Caught me off guard there. My number five uh, is an AEW match: Young Bucks versus Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega from uh, AEW Revolution 2020. So this one, Meltzer, uh, his six, gave it a six-star rating, but so that's beside <laughs> the point. This was just great storytelling from Matt, from uh, the Bucks and uh, Kenny and uh, Hangman Adam Page. They pulled a great story. Matt sold the back like a pro, like he... Because he had the back, the back injury that they always exploit with Matt Jackson. It's like the HBK back thing. But uh, the Bucks kind of being sort of jealous that two singles guys were able to win tag gold before them. Uh, Hangman's drinking problem. <laughs> and like Hangman's falling out with the, the elite. And there was like great storytelling elements with like Matt losing his cool multiple times when Hangman spat in his face. Uh, Kenny... They attack Kenny's injured shoulder, who he had wrestled just he wrestled Pack earlier that week in a thirty minute Iron Man match. The last ten minutes of this match were just absolute magic. Like Page takes an indie taker to the on the stage. Eventually, they it's Kenny in the ring. Matt's got a set got him set up for the Meltzer driver. Page recovers, hits a power bomb on Nick, and then like. They uh, there's a callback to like Marty Skrull's crossface chicken wing. This is before the, the speaking out movement, speaking out, speaking out uh, thing. Uh, before he got kind of uh, exposed, Marty did. But uh, and then Matt and Kenny, Matt and Nick using the golden trigger on Kenny, uh, Kenny and Abushi's move. Um, uh, then there was a Meltzer, yeah. So 
Paige powerbombs Nick through the table ringside. Buckshot V-trigger. Matt somehow kicks out of it. The near falls. They have you like biting on him, holding on. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then Matt gets uh, super kicks Kenny. Paige hits a one-winged angel after Kenny fails to do so. Nick breaks it up. Then a buckshot to Nick on the outside. Then a buckshot to Matt to end it. And then there's a tease at the end where Paige is like standing on the apron. Is he going to attack Kenny after the match? And he doesn't. And they all find out later on the Bucks and Kenny were really the bad guys in this whole situation. <laughs> but it was Lots a fan, fantastic tag team match. It, that's probably the best like singles, like the best just two-on-two tag match I've probably ever seen. Storytelling and moves and everything with it. So would you say you're going looking at your list, do you think there's a lot, a lot of similarities in that in terms of storytelling like you think there's a lot of storytelling in all your matches i think so yeah i it has to have story i think matches for me it's i love moves though i absolutely love moves i love spot i love me a good spot fest i do i do um i love the, the combination it has to be a combination it can't be just storytelling and not a lot of moves I, I I'm not I can't get into that that's like some modern day wwe stuff that i see it's storytelling and not a lot of moves I need to have a combination of the moves and the storytelling. And yeah, it's, that's going to probably be kind of a theme in my list of stuff is the storytelling elements from each match. Okay. How about you? Say, so I was looking at mine and I was thinking about it. I think there's only one that when people think about this match, the first thing they say is this story. Most of mine are either spot fests, like honestly the Fatal Four Way, but most of these are really yeah spot fests or just the star power involved that are kind of one offs, not a whole lot of story. But mm-hmm. you know we can talk about those when we get there. No, that's fine. That's fine. See, that's that's where it's all subjective. It's all great in this world that we have different opinions on uh, like what we think are the best or our favorites. Because everyone can like different stuff in wrestling. It does, it's not like, oh, cookie cutter, you have to like this or or you're just an idiot. Because that's, that's kind of what the Twitter universe says these days is, oh, you like this? Oh, that's stupid. You like this? Oh, that's stupid. And my favorite wrestler is better than yours. That's basically how it is. Oh, my gosh. Well, whatever. Let's move on to number four. What's your number four match on your top five favorite matches of all time? Number four, Survivor Series 2019, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown versus Team NXT. And I'll tell you why with three words. Limitless Keith Lee. Oh, my gosh. He looked amazing in the ending of that match. You know what's sad, though? They never capitalized off of the momentum. They never capitalized it. And I remember... I remember wrestling Twitter was blowing up because they thought just letting Keith Lee being the final three versus Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and then letting him beat Seth Rollins clean. It's like, they're going to take this guy to the moon. But nope. They made him wear a shirt and changed his entrance music. And then he's uh, he uh, now kind of going into a heel character now, which could be interesting. I just don't... Let the guy do what he does to make him unique. That's that makes him unique. The dude can fly around for a freaking 330-pound wrestler. 
Let him fly around. You don't have to wrestle one way if you're a big guy. I don't know. I don't know why they think we don't want to see that. Like, yeah, he's big and he can do big man moves, but yeah, like you said, he's flying through the air. Let let him do that. People want to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what else did it make kind of get you in the top? Uh, four? Well, I think you just explained it with that last three, and it was just a really good yeah. match. I remember it. I mean, yeah, of course. Like I said, the ones that made the top were also had the great moments, but were good matches throughout and honestly i mean the same could be said about most the survivor series elimination matches just the star power like like even 2016 was fantastic too 2016 was also very close that was also a very close one because Um, i remember that one that was with uh aj jericho ambrose was in there too like that was a stacked that was shane mcmahon was in there as well roman like that was a that was just a stacked like star studded uh lineup in 2016. Oh, that was a great. Oh, uh, KO there too. KO was there. Oh yeah. Oh, this was when they were still friends. Yeah. Yeah. That was the that was, those were, those were, those I think that was the last great time in WWE really <laughs> and on Raw. They could have was, said that. Yeah. That was the last time Raw was really good. I thought it was 2016 because KO and Jericho on there had so such such good chemistry. Oh, they put the they put Raw on their back, carrying it with their that storyline, and let's not forget the list. The list. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So for my number four, this one. So like I said, the TLC two was in at number I think uh, I think it might have been four or five, and then today I was deciding like I don't know. I really like this match. So I'm going to put it in there. And then I dropped the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega down to five. This match I chose was Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker from No Way Out 2006. It's kind of a hidden gem, as they like to call it. it this match is, this match doesn't deserve, gets the love that it deserves. Like, honestly, uh, Dave Meltzer only gave it four stars, which I don't even understand how that's even humanly possible to give this match four stars. But that's his. That's his. Uh, that's his thoughts on it. Mine. It's. It's much better than that. But uh, like, it doesn't get the love it deserves. Uh, Taker's use of MMA in this match was really good. Uh, coupled with uh, Angle. At this point, Angle's the wrestling machine. He's a freaking maniac. Intensity beyond belief. And there was some multiple times throughout this match. So like, Angle at one time on the outside gets the ankle lock on Taker. He catches Taker in it. And then I think it was on a leg drop. Taker goes for a leg drop, his signature apron leg drop. He catches it and just starts wrenching on the ankle. And throughout the rest of the match, Angle finds a way to do it. Like he counters a last ride into a roll through uh, pinning thing. And then he gets the ankle lock. And there's like like three, four different, two, three different ways he gets the ankle lock on Taker throughout the match. Taker doesn't give up. Taker sells it like death. Um, like at the end of the match, so Angle hits the hits a second angle slam on him and then goes to stack him up for the pin. And then Taker catches him in the triangle. And then uh, Angle's like passes out for a second. Wakes up, uh, stacks Undertaker up into a bridge, and that's and that's it. Three count, that's over. Taker thought he won. It, it, it was just fantastic. It went almost 30 minutes. Whew. 
And that, and that was Taker. Taker had, I don't remember Taker had, he hadn't really had great matches for quite a while. Like, he, his last great matches were, like, against Orton, like, in 05. But, like, really outside of that, he hadn't had, a like, a standout match. This was his best match, like, in, in a long time since his, like, return to the dead man persona. Say they de- definitely a hidden gem because it took me a minute to remember that one because I almost forgot that feud. Yeah, it was. Sorry, it, I almost forgot that one. No, it was like uh, Taker returned at the Royal Rumble that year. Angle had won it in a battle royal after won the World Heavyweight Championship in the bat in a battle royal because Batista was injured. Batista mm-hmm. got injured at that point, and then that gave Angle the title, which ultimately led to Ray Mysterio winning the world title at wrestlemania 22 so but it's a hidden gem if you haven't already go out and check it out on peacock Just find it somewhere because it's like a fantastic wrestling match that i don't think gets enough love as it is all right um number three for you jo all right number three i say it counts uh if you say it doesn't it doesn't matter it's my list west wrestlemania 36 Ray Wyatt versus John Cena, the Firefly Funhouse match. That is my number three favorite match of all time. That's, you know what? That's good. I, 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 it's a match. It's a match. And it matches in the title. And you, and that's storytelling. That's storytelling. That's a lot of storytelling. Right. I, I, right. I personally enjoyed that match too. The thing is, is I always love it when WWE surprises us. And by surprises us, I mean does the exact. Of course, I mean a surprise is when they do the exact opposite of what you say. But everyone knows uh, WWE superstars can can say only certain things about WWE as a product. You know, they can only talk good about it. But they really let Bray Wyatt dissect their golden boy John Cena in a way that, wow, they're really going to let him do that? Say that stuff about him, the company, like other people from the company? I was blown away. And to see Bray Wyatt's character work there as the Fiend, it was like Bray Wyatt and just had this character and drove, drove with it. It was insane to see on screen. And like I remember them mentioning like him getting buried pretty much at WrestleMania – uh, what was it? Thirty. They were talking about his burial at WrestleMania Thirty, and mm-hmm. I'm like, he kind of did. Bray should have won that match, right? Like, it, there's no doubt about it. Because in the the character work and the like, the promos leading up to the match were fantastic too. Oh, they absolutely were. I mean, I just think of the Fiend. When I think of The Fiend, I don't think of the mask or the creepy entrance music or anything like that. I the think red of, lighting. <laughs> <laughs> I think of Bray Wyatt's character work, the promos, the everything like that. Like this guy is almost insane to have this to have this kind of person inside him. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Uh, yeah, and I, I I was my I, like I, I think we talked about this before, but that was I liked that match better than the Boneyard match, honestly. Oh, definitely better than the Boneyard match. Like, the Boneyard match, I think that gets more credit than the Firefly Funhouse match. It's because people don't, people didn't really, I don't think, get it as much as the Boneyard match. 
and the nostalgia with the Undertaker and everything, and this being his like really his final match, it was kind of a made as a bigger deal as the Firefly Funhouse Firefly Funhouse match. I thought it was a better story overall because it tied back to six years prior at WrestleMania 30, and then it brought back up here and almost at, at one point they had John Cena portraying himself as some guy in the NWO, which in, 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 right. in the underlying meaning of that kind of in a way is like him turning heel. But if you I look at, if how... you look at, if you look at it another way, it's him because the NWO had a tech kind of a thing of burying people because they never got, they never got their like, uh, uh, was it favor returned pretty much. They didn't get it handed back to him. And Cena really hasn't gotten that, hardly has ever gotten that. Yeah, it's just crazy. It, it, that's part of the why I thought it was so surprising that WWE let themselves, because obviously Bray Wyatt had put, if it was Bray Wyatt's ideas, they had to go through Vince, everyone there, and they let him do this. Like, they let... WWE let themselves get dissected like that. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. It's and then the, the my probably one of my favorite parts is the Vince puppet saying you're such good shit. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, and you know what? That's for everyone else to determine if that's if that's a a match, and I think it's perfectly fine. And that's actually it's it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. That's your choice. I was gonna say it's my list. Yeah. And if you if you if you don't if you don't like his list, you'll get on the list. You'll just make the list for people who criticize people's favorite matches. You just make the list. You stupid idiots. All right, my number three match comes from way back, not way back, but almost back before we were both born. 1997, WrestleMania 13, the iconic double turn, no holds barred submission match, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hitman Hart with Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee. Just great stuff. Like this is the passing of a torch, passing of the torch moment. This made Steve Austin a star and story, like I said, storytelling comes into play on this because Austin he Brett was starting to lean heel at this point, and Austin was starting to get popular as a babyface, even though he was still a heel, which he's the anti-hero. Stone Cold's the anti-hero. He's never really fully heel or babyface, even though he's kind of a babyface most of the time. But anyway, like like the tides were changing, and this made Austin a star. Brett, like Brett's attack. I don't think this, this is a, this is a theme that's going to run for the next couple matches. Is the limb work. Like Brett's attack on the knee of Austin, Austin selling it, and then Austin's work on Brett's back, and then the eventual end of the match where the iconic bloody face as Austin is stuck in the sharpshooter, and then the tease where Austin gets out for a second. They tease it for a second. Austin strength like he uses that that iconic face where he's like strain, straining so hard, he pops himself up and he escapes it for a brief second. You think. But then Brett sets back into the sharpshooter. Austin eventually passes out. Shamrock has to end the match. And Austin has made a star at that point. It's just great stuff. Brett attacks post-match to cement the double turn. 
And then Austin walks out on it under his own volition, refusing a referee's help, giving him a stone cold stunner. I think it was Mike Kyoto who ate the stunner. And uh, <laughs> this is, it was just so cool. Star making moment for Austin. This made, this was like a launching point almost for Austin as he was going to be a star for years to come. And it was kind of almost a passing of a torch in a way, passing of the torch. Like I say, that iconic uh, camera, camera shot of uh, Steve Austin screaming in agony, trying not to tap. But that's something that you see WWE play now. Like, it's iconic. And, like, it's Austin's resiliency. That's how he got the respect of the fans during that match. He, did, he would refuse to quit. He refused to give up. And that really, I think, earned the fans' respect by the end of the match, even though they already were super hot for him. But yeah, it's such. It, you got to go out and check that one out. Like it's even the that Firefly Funhouse. If you're really into cool storytelling tidbits, that one is definitely one you want to check out as well. Because storytelling is kind of an important thing in wrestling. It's not just the moves, but we love. I we all love moves. Both you and I, we love the moves. Do the moves, as uh, RJ City would like to say. DM Vince, do the moves. Kick out of kick out of moves. Kick out of every moves. Kick out of your own moves. Do the moves. Oh man! But here we go. What's your number two, Jo? Number two, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor, TLC 2017. And for that, I had to at least have one match of my favorite wrestler on here. And do I do I even have to say anything for AJ Styles versus Finn Balor? Like, how often do we get when WWE gets two wrestlers and we say, Oh, that'd be a dream match. How often do, do we get that in WWE? I'd say not a lot. And this is one of those times AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. And of course that soup, <laughs> I was about to say super sweet, but that moment, but after the match, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, just looking at each other and then you just throw it up. And then the crowd's loving every second of it. The two sweet. Oh, come on. That's so dope. And I think that was around the time, um, if I remember right, it was supposed to be Wyatt and uh, it was. Finn. It yeah. was it was a last-minute replacement, so they had to like, fly a some crazy thing where they had to fly AJ in just to have a match. They brought right. him in. Finn, he puts Finn over, and then, like, what, a month or month, month and a half later, he wins a WWE title, AJ does. Yeah, it's such a cool one-off match. I wish they would have done more with it afterward. Like, that's, that's like, a huge deal. And there's so much storytelling you can do it, but WWE refuses to address the past. Like, even from other companies, they will not address the past. Right. It's like Shinsuke okay, Nakamura always... and AJ Styles. Once in a lifetime, really. And I'm like, we all, it's happened before! <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm pretty sure they wrestled before. And, you know, wasn't as good in WWE. <laughs> it really wasn't. <laughs> no, definitely wasn't. <laughs> but, like I said, Finn Balor, favorite wrestler, AJ Styles, one of the best wrestlers ever. Easy, easy put, easy spot on my list. And uh, up next for me at number two, uh, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, brother versus brother, WrestleMania 10 from 1994, the greatest opening match in wrestling history, my opinion my opinion alone and it's just the chemistry these two had even though they hadn't really worked with each other for not, like it was incredible like it, the synergy they had the storytelling they did um 
Like, and there was the night. It's like the storytelling they did throughout the night that WrestleMania too. Like these guys were trying to one up each other throughout the match. Lots of great counter wrestling. Like what I think is missing from today. So like, so you ex- exploit a body part. Like, uh, like they exploit a body part and they don't really do a ton with it. Like in this match, Owen Hart, like when he, when Brett hurts his knee on a Pescado to the outside, like Owen just freaking goes after it. Like it is constant onslaught on the knee. I feel like that's missing from wrestling today. I th- I would agree. There's maybe a few who it will do. I, I think when Daniel Bryan was still in WWE, he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. But like I, I think I might be able. Like I honestly, I don't. I, I just haven't seen anything like that because like he's just on it for like three or four minutes straight, just continuing to attack the knee and the story. Kind of this jealous, spoiled brat, older brother. Feeling like he's not getting his just uh, not no old not spoiled spoiled brat younger brother I mean feeling like he's not getting his just due because he's overshadowed by his older brother Brett like it's it's like it's a, such a relatable story. Oh, absolutely! I mean, I have a brother, I've def- and I, he's told me he's felt that way before, so I can definitely relate to that. And that's kind of what wrestling's supposed to do: is you make you relate to what's going on. Like have some kind of connection to what's going on, and like in this, and like the storytelling is fantastic. And this was just a great professional wrestling match all around. Um, like at at the end of the match is it's great because I think after Brett gets caught in the shot, not well, Brett get Owen catches Brett in the sharpshooter, and then Brett counters into his own sharpshooter, which is fantastic, by the way. Owen gets the ropes, and eventually I think Brett gets whipped into the ropes or whatever he boots i think owen charges maybe and boots him he goes up for a like victory roll and yeah so i think it was a victory roll on owen and owen just sits down and pins his brother clean one two three and it was like a star making match for it was like it made owen that night his brother puts him over but later on brett wins the wwe title which sets up their feud for later on uh, leading to a classic steel cage match at SummerSlam that year. Like, it, this is just, the, this is the greatest opener I've, I've I've ever seen on a wrestling show. One of the best matches I've ever seen, period. Bell to bell. And you watched it too. Yeah, I'll say I definitely agree. An amazing match. Even, like, you, you, you talk about the story, of course, but it's also a match where if you didn't even know the story and just thought it was two guys wrestling, it was a good wrestling match. Like, that's the crazy thing. If you know nothing coming into it, and, like, you watch it back, and you're like, this was a great wrestling match. They were brothers? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's how you know. That's how you know it's a good balance of story and moves slash wrestling. If you can watch it cold and still think it's an amazing match. Because everything they do is just so crisp and so on point. And, uh, like... Brett's talked about as one of the greatest of all time. Owen needs to get like his just due as well because he is just nearly probably he's right up right on par with Brett because Brett Brett was more of a ground based guy at the ground based guy. Owen he could fly he could do everything. He he was incredible. Owen was absolutely incredible. Incredible wrestling match, which brings us to our number one matches now. 
number one matches on our favorite matches of all time list. J.O., what is your number one match? Number one favorite match of all time. Number one favorite match of all time. WrestleMania 24, Undertaker versus Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, we went over that one too. We watched that one. Yep. And I probably mentioned it there, but 2008, that was the peak of my WrestleMania fandom. Or not even WrestleMania fandom, wrestling fandom. And I, so I actually couldn't watch this match when it was live because 2008, I was still in uh, middle school. Dad would not buy the pay-per-view. Yeah, I think we were so, in sixth grade that year. Yeah, was it sixth? No. What yeah, we were in sixth grade. We were in sixth grade. Oh, my God. But, uh, <laughs> wow. But, yeah, Dad wouldn't buy the pay-per-view. I didn't have the means to watch it other ways. So the only way I was able to watch it was – I don't know if WWE's ever done this since, but for whatever reason, on this WrestleMania, they aired a TV special where they played, they replayed the highlights of the matches and backed it to some super dope soundtracks. And for Undertaker versus Edge, the song they picked was Animal I Have Become, which if I'm not mistaken, was also on the 2008 SmackDown vs. Raw. 07. 07. 07, okay. Oh, yeah, because I that because I gotta say that's my favorite res that's my favorite like video game soundtrack. <laughs> One of like it's up it's my favorite wrestling video game soundtrack probably ever. Right, but seeing the TV special because Undertaker was my favorite favorite wrestler at the time, and seeing that TV special, seeing that match, it's like holy crap, this was an amazing match. And again, I talked about the moments. How can you not talk about this match and not talk about Charles Robinson breaking yes! down the ramp, ultimate warrior style, as fast as he can to get the three count? The greatest I mean, sprint in wrestling history. Greatest sprint in wrestling history. And then, and then the finish. You think it's over, and he gets hit with a spear out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere. He did the corner thing, so everyone saw it coming. But out of nowhere was... Undertaker gets him in the hold. Hell's Gate. It's in the middle of the ring. It's in the middle of the ring. Edge can't do anything. And then tap on the ring. It was awesome. I did eventually see the match in its full length. Because uh, I'm pretty sure they put it on YouTube, maybe not. They probably put it on YouTube. I had I had it on DVD back in the day. I, right. bought, I bought WrestleMania 24 on DVD. Which is a really good WrestleMania, by the way. If you want to check out our review of that, we did that back in, I think, March. We did a WrestleMania 24 review. It, it was, that was a fun show. Oh, definitely was. But call it a, a combination of nostalgia. It's probably mostly nostalgia. My favorite, One of my favorite wrestlers at the time being in it and just remembering that soundtrack. It's... Anytime I think of wrestling, I always think about that match, Undertaker versus Edge. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, it's a great WrestleMania match. It's like it's like almost like a hidden gem in a way because people don't talk about that that match enough either. Um, the theme songs I think for that WrestleMania were lighted up by Rev Theory, um, Snow AO by uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers too. Those were the two uh, WrestleMania theme songs that year. Gosh, that was a really good WrestleMania. That was the, that was the WrestleMania where Jeff Hardy was supposed to win Money in the Bank. And then he failed the wellness. Yeah, through unfortunate events 
Yeah, I failed the wellness policy and then his house burnt down. Ugh, that was bad. Bad moment. But another great WrestleMania moment. My number one. J.O., you probably could have guessed this. I assume you would have guessed this. It's Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 21. There's not much I can say about this match. It's really just two all-time greats going at it in a dream match. WWE giving us the dream match. Michael's selling top-notch stuff here. Angle, fantastic as well. Uh, story gotcha. they, <laughs> uh, story they told here was fantastic. Angle screaming at him to tap out. He's like, tap out. He's like holding Michaels up and he's just yelling at him because I think it was right after the angle slam off the top rope. And he's just screaming at Michaels just to tap out. And then Michaels pushes him off, super kicks him, goes for the pin, and it's the longest freaking two count I've ever seen in my life. Angle kicks out at the literal, the literal. It's like if there was a 2.999999 kick out, I think it was Angle's. The angle is awesome at the near falls. And he doesn't even look. Like no. he, I remember hearing he just had he just he just closes his eyes and he hears the ref one, two, and then pops it up like literally at the last second. And the and the drama at the end of this match where after HBK after angle kicks out, HBK stands up in like a daze. He's like, What in the bleep am I gonna do to this guy have to do to this guy to win? And then angle rises from the dead, grabs the ankle, and just starts ripping and tearing away at it. And Michael's selling it like it's death. And that was Jerry the King Waller's call was like, he rose from the dead. It's like a something from a scary movie. He rose from the dead and grabbed that ankle. Oh, my, that was like my favorite, one of my favorite calls in history Waller had there. And uh, and then the eventual, like this, this sequence lasts like a whole minute and a half before HBK finally just... He's ripping and tearing at his hair, taps out eventually, and it's just its just a wonderful wrestling match. I don't know how this doesn't get five stars. It's five stars in my book. But it's like storytelling, the just the dream match aspect of it. These guys, like, it, this is the dream match that lived up to the hype. There's often times where dream matches don't live up to the hype, like AJ Styles and Nakamura from WrestleMania 34, cough, cough. This oh, one li- absolutely lived up to the hype. <laughs> I'd say again, it could almost be said the same thing about AJ Styles on my list. AJ Styles versus Finn Balor, and you just said it. You just say those two names, and then that's all you have to say. You just said like, yeah, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, and then knowing what you know about the individual wrestlers, you just know it's an it's it could be and it was a great match. Yeah, and like it's just I I can't talk about that match enough. I. I I get I I may go overboard on my love for it, but it's just it's just fantastic. It's just it's it's such a good match, and like like Kurt Angle's my favorite wrestler, so I had a little bit of bias in my list where it was like two I had two matches from Angle. You tried to stay away from that a little bit with Finn Balor, but you had one with Finn in there. Well, yeah, actually, you technically had a couple with Finn in there. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, with the uh... you you did have to you cheated a little bit. <laughs> we both we yeah. both we both cheated a little bit we really we really didn't cheat because there was no ground rules laid down for this it was just pick your top five favorite matches of all time yeah I just you know wanted it to at least be a 
balanced list, I guess. Uh, I and say. I think you did a great job. It was a great mix of stuff in your match. You went from you had a cinematic match. You had a match from New Japan in there. Yeah. You had some. You had some. You had a, some gimmick matches in there. You had a gimmick match in there with uh, TLC. Um, not was it TLC? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, TLC. No, it was, no, well, it was at it, TLC. It was at TLC. Elimination. elimination Chamber. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah, but and that that is another thing. I, since I always talk about, I love the the moves and the spot fests. I almost had most of them except my number one because that's an easy one. Almost most of these were going to be either a Survivor Series or maybe a Fatal Four Way, but because you know you get it's easy to get those uh, spots. And moves when you know you add more people to the mix but it's like that's not a good list that's not a balanced list so yeah i mean i try to make it balanced but yeah i think i think it came out all right yeah i think we all i think it all came out all right and uh that was a lot of fun talking about our top five matches that that was a lot of fun it kind of brings back memories really good memories and that's all we all need is good memories in our uh, pro wrestling we don't want we want to forget the bad ones mostly <laughs> but there is some bad ones that are so bad they're good but i like remembering the good stuff i love i love just great professional wrestling matches period it's it, that's 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 me and yeah uh, you know what if you like sports entertainment that's cool as well sports entertainment like the the firefly funhouse match with john cena and bray wyatt there's wrestling for everybody's taste you just gotta go out and find it exactly and if you like it and some people, somebody criticizes you about it. Don't listen. Don't listen. You can hit you. People can have deferring opinions about it, and that's okay. But if you like it, stick to your guns. You like it, and uh, don't let people damper your happiness on uh, what you like in professional wrestling because it's just dumb in this day and age for people to be complete jerks about it. There's ways of being nice. And just giving your opinion based on it, and there's there's a difference between being nice and just giving your opinion on it and being a jerk, complete utter jerk. Don't be a jerk. Be a nice guy, and uh, let people love what they love. Damn it! I got Sig Daddy going on a nice little tangent there. I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> um, I don't want to do these too often. I don't like doing those. <laughs> But it gets, it gets it gets annoying over time. Honestly, though, it it does. People just people are people can just suck sometimes. <laughs> but yep, that's it. That's just that's just life. That's just life. We move on. We press on. We live another day, and we continue to enjoy our professional wrestling. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode with our top five favorite matches of all time. Let us know what your top five favorite matches of all time. Uh, send send a tweet to at SigDaddyWrestle. Let me know what your favorite five matches are, your top five favorite matches are of all time. Next week, top moments from AEW Dynamite, the two-year anniversary. That's this week, this Wednesday. Looking forward to that show. J.O., Thank you, as always, for uh, coming on the show. Plug your socials right now. Like I always say, I'm not that creative, so all of mine are the same, and it's literally my name, at Jeremy Ardas on Instagram and Twitter. And then Sig Daddy Wrestle, you can find 
My social media is Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, that is. But the Twitter for Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show is at Sig Daddy Wrestle. Uh, and also on Facebook, it's at Sig Daddy Wrestle as well. Instagram, Sig Daddy dot Wrestle. Uh, on TikTok also as well. I think that's Sig Daddy Wrestle on TikTok as well. I'll have to look that up again and let you know. Uh, let me see. Yes, it's at Sig Daddy Wrestle on TikTok as well. And if you haven't already, make sure to leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. It's always appreciated. You can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your dang podcast. Thank you again for joining me, Jeremy, on the show. Thanks for having me. Always, always a pleasure to be here. And uh, for J.O., I'm Skylar Sigdaddy Sigmund leaving you with these words from the great Rowdy Roddy Piper. You do not throw rocks at a man who's got a machine gun. (laughs) Just think about that, folks. Have a great week, everybody. So long.